This is Tim Bryan, pastor of Lifeway Apostolic Church, and this is our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. My prayer is that this message will inspire, build your faith, and draw you closer to Jesus Christ. Enjoy this message. Why don't you turn in your Bibles with me, and uh, we're going to go to the book of Genesis again. And... um, Uh, read, maybe not the most read verse, but one of the most read verses in um, in the Word of the Lord, um, or at least the, one of the subjects um, that we've seen. I actually brought a copy of tonight, so if my iPad does what it did last week, I'll have a copy. How about that? I got smart. Amen. All right. We're going to go to the book of Genesis, chapter number 2, and um, verse number seven. Amen. I'm thankful for the word of the Lord here tonight. Amen. Amen. Chapter number two, verse number seven. And the Lord God formed man of the dust. Look your neighbor and say dust. Won't you poke somebody close to you and say, are you dust? Are you dust? And the Lord formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And that breath of life was his spirit. He breathed his spirit into man, and the man became a living soul. Somebody say soul. Tonight, if you have pen and paper, you might want to write some things down, some things down that I'm going to say. And um, if you have a notepad on your phone, something like that, because there's some things that you will want to take note of. I wrote the notes down for myself, and I wrote them down again because I wanted to crystallize my thoughts. One uh, uh, bishop, uh, I was in a class many years ago, and he says reading helps uh, you to remember, but uh, writing helps to crystallize your thoughts. And uh, writing does help that. So if you could write some things down here tonight. Um, that would be beneficial uh, to to retain what we're going to be talking about tonight. Everybody say body, soul, and spirit. There are three components of a human being. Now, I I want you to pay close attention tonight because I, I really feel I am not going to exhaust this subject matter, nor am I really going to, I feel, to get into it in a way that... Uh, uh, perhaps it deserves, but I, I think that being us being a young church that we are, and uh, four and a half years old, and we're a young body, we we need to take it slowly sometimes to get things established as a body to understand where we are. And I pray that at the end of this lesson tonight, you understand where you are in your life when it comes to the body, soul, and spirit. So we are made of three components. Um, of being a human being, body, spirit, and soul. Let's talk about the body for a moment. The body, if you look at that component of who we are, it is, the body is considered where your appetites are. Um, You ask somebody, do you like sweets? People say yes, and other people say, well, I don't like sweets, and 
somebody that said to me a long time ago they don't like chocolate. I'm like, what's your problem? I don't know what your problem is. You need the Holy Ghost, evidently, if you don't like chocolate. Maybe, I don't know. It's the physical senses, your eyes, your sight, your sound. It's your touch, your smell. It's your body. It's the world consciousness. It is what you see. It's what you are a part of. It's 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 what you your surroundings. It's your body. It's feet. It's touch. When the wind blows, it is your body that responds. That you feel that wind. The spirit is another uh, aspect of the human body. It is our God consciousness, if you will. It's our spiritual senses. When you feel the presence of God, it is your spirit that is being touched by the spirit. Because the Bible says He is a spirit. And when he touches you, he touches you in an area of your spirit. Now, there are times that his spirit moves upon and your body changes. How many's ever got goosebumps in the presence of God? You feel a charge. It's because God speaks through your spirit and it flows out through your body. It is that God begins to touch us in our spiritual senses and and many of us can feel that and recognize situations that God has spoke to us in our spiritual being if you will and then there is the other avenue of our human being it is our soul everybody say soul this is your identity your personality this is your self-consciousness if you will your soul is made up of three things. Everybody say three things. This is the three things that we're going to get to tonight and kind of talk about a little bit more. But these three things, your, 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 your soul is made up of three things. is your mind, your emotions, and your will. Spiritual growth is dependent on God's spirit reaching your soul. I have watched people worship. I have watched people pray. And they allow their spiritual senses to be tantalized, if you will. But they never allow the Spirit of God to transform through their spirit into their soul. And it never really touches their mind the way it needs to. It touches, doesn't touch their will or perhaps it does touch their emotions, but it doesn't touch their mind or their will in the way it uh, is, is hoped for. I, I have seen people receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And God will fill them and they'll walk out. And two days later they're going right back to the same things in the, uh, that, are happened, that they've done in this world before. It's because they haven't fully allowed God to, uh, they allowed himself to surrender to his will. And surrender their will to his will completely. There is that growth pattern, if you will, that they did not allow themselves to go. Let's go to Ecclesiastes. I don't think I've ever, um, well, I have used Ecclesiastes. But go to Ecclesiastes chapter number 12, Raphael 12 and 7. I need a volunteer to read this. And we're going to look at this and see where the soul, body, soul, and spirit uh, represents in the Bible. So Ecclesiastes chapter number 12, verse number 7. Do I have a reader in the room that's got a good voice that can read? Um, anybody over here? And am I right? Anybody over here want to read Ecclesiastes? Sister Kyra, go ahead. Okay. 
okay? So when, when somebody passes away, the Bible says that the dust will return to the earth where it was, and the spirit will return to God, but it leaves something. It leaves what? The soul. So when we, God, created in Genesis 22, and the Lord God formed a man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils a breath of life, then man became a living soul. But the earth, or the dust, the body that we have, will return to the earth, and the spirit shall return unto God who gave it. But the soul is where we are, our identity is. The earth, the body, is identified with the earth. The spirit that we have that God speaks to us with, it returns to God. But there is a soul that remains, that remains who we are, our identity, our will, our emotions. Those things remains. James chapter number 2, verse number 26. Oh, that up there. I need a reader. Somebody want to holler it out? I'm going to read James 2.26. Anybody here? Sister Ruth, why don't you read that? James 2.26. Very popular verse of scripture. Okay. Do, 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 do. James 2, 26. Got it? Right after Hebrews. All right. Anybody else got it? We'll have her do read another one. Naomi, once you read it. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. God made our body, breathed into our spirit. You can't have one. If one leaves, you're dead. Spirit is gone, you're dead. If your body is gone, you're dead. But still, that leaves the soul. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23. Somebody want to get that? And if you have that. Raise your hand, and we'll call on you to make sure you can read that for us. 1 Thessalonians, chapter number 5, verse number 23. Anybody? Okay, Ruth, do that one. Something about the body, the soul, and the spirit when they come together. When God breathed into us the breath of life, God made this body. He put those components together and made a living soul. So here's the things that I want you to understand here tonight. And um, when it comes to uh, perhaps the uh, the soul, we're going to kind of uh, kind of reach down into the level of the soul here today and to deal with humanity. Deal with that identity. Deal with that personality. Because so many people come in co contact with God, but their identity doesn't change. Your habits don't change. Your actions don't change. There are many people that come to church and they say they're a Christian, but they're not really because they haven't allowed God to reach down into their soul where identity is. And I think that this is where we can grow is um, allowing the Lord to move in us into our soul. When we pray, 
We want to get to the place that we're not just praying uh, as God speaks to us in His Spirit. And we want to do that. We want His Spirit to get down into our will and in our mind and in our, and in our emotions. Get to where our personality is, our identity is, our self-consciousness is, if you will. So the mind, which is a part of the soul, is that part of you which is most influenced by the Spirit. The mind is that part of you that is most influenced by your spirit. So the spirit, when it begins to move, it begins to move into your mind. And the will, that part of you which is the seat of your identity and personality. Who you are is what you have willed yourself to be. I've heard people say, my mind's made up. That's when the mind and the will have come together and said, my mind is made up. I am willing myself. Some writer wrote, where there's a will, there's a way. When God put into us the ability to have a will, it is our will, whatever we want to do. If you choose, it is your will. You can choose what you would like to do. You can walk out of here and have a choice. Do I'm going to turn right or I'm going to turn left? Unless there's a sign that says not to turn right or turn left. But even then, you still have the will to do what you want to do. So the will is that part of you which is the seat of your identity and your personality. What you have willed yourself to do is what people see. Um, well, I'll, I'll keep out my... Um, Commentary on that for a moment. Emotions. Emotions is that part of you which is most influenced by your body. Listen, emotions. It's that part of you which is most influenced by your body. Why is that? Your body is your eyes, your ears, your nose, your mouth. When you read something, your emotions take over. Why social media can be so emotional. You'll read something. My wife shared something on social media last night about this Fair Oaks farm. I don't know if anybody saw the news on that about Fair Oaks farm and, and their abuse to the animals. And, and my wife is an advocate for four-legged friends. And she was upset about the abuse, and I was too, but she was upset about the abuse of the animals that were being treated. When we read something, we see something, we hear something, we are overtaken with our emotions. The body, the emotions of, of part of which you are most influenced by your body, by what you see. Emotions. The Holy Spirit is to empower your spirit. Your spirit is to direct your mind, and your mind is to instruct your will. Your will is to dictate the course and set your affections. There is a little bit of a, it can happen in a moment, but there are sometimes in the midst of this travel of the Spirit of God beginning to touch our spirit, and then that spirit, our spirit that is overtaken by the presence of God will begin to direct our mind. Many of us will feel that in the Holy Ghost. 
God is wanting to change our mind about something. But then we put a wall up. Whoa. That's getting too close to my identity. That's getting too close to who I am. That's getting too close to the personality. You're getting too close to you're changing who I am. Because we allow our mind to be increased, but our mind begins to instruct our will, and our will doesn't want to change. Our will at times is the one that obstructs the moving of God to dictate our future and our life. Your will is to dictate the course and to set your affection. That's, that's, that's the place where you, you, you begin to set your path of what you enjoy to do or what you have, have affectionate for. You, you, your will is what you will do to, to, to manifest what you're all about. And your emotions will then motivate your body to appropriate benefits of the will of God for your life. God begins to speak to our spirit. Our spirit begins to speak to our mind. Our mind is made up. Our will is, is spoken to by our mind. And then our will dictates a course of our affections. And then with those emotions, those affections, that will that comes in, it begins to motivate our bodies to become what God has called us to be. So many of us, put up walls in between this travel in our spirit. Many of us will be moved by the spirit, but then we don't want to be led by the spirit. Because leading of the spirit means our body has to change. Our will is surrendered. That's why we can have so many people, their tears are flowing down their face and they feel the presence of God. Even their emotions are being touched by God, but their will is not there. Not allow their will to dictate the course of what God is speaking to them about. I did a word search. How many's ever done a word search in the Bible of how many times a word is used in the Bible? It's a neat Bible uh, well, you can find it if you Google search it. You, you can search uh, how many words are in the Bible or how many words, how many times is this word in the Bible? And so I did that on several of the words that we're talking about here tonight. And first one I used was mine. I typed in mine. How many times? This is the King James Version. Um, it fluctuates a little bit with wh what version you have. But mind is mentioned in the Bible 132 times. Body is mentioned in the Bible 152 times. Soul is mentioned 498 times. Spirit is, is mentioned 523 times. But will is mentioned 2,908 times. Not my will. Be it I will. It's a promise. It's a course of action. The Lord says, I will. A man says, I will. Or I will not. The statements are made to change the course of action. And that's where the Lord wants to, to dictate, if you will. And that's where the Lord wants to get to in our, in our midst and in his churches. To get down into your will. He will change the course of your life. I'll show you something in scripture that came to me in Matthew chapter number 6. I've preached on Matthew 6 probably just as much as I have Genesis. So you all just going to have to hold on. 
And I truly believe that in the Lord's Prayer, in the preparation for the Lord's Prayer, there's many lessons that can be learned. And through the Lord's Prayer, this is, this is powerful for us this week, but uh, verse number 1 of Matthew 6, Raphael, we'll go through uh, probably maybe up to verse number 15. And we'll stop as we go along here. Take heed that you do not your alms, uh, you do not your alms before men. Now picture this, the directions of the scripture. Take heed that you do not your alms before men to be seen. I want my body to be seen. To be seen of them, otherwise ye have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Verse number 2. Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee. Don't use your body to show off what you're given. Okay? Before thee, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. How many times do our body want the glory? We want to glorify ourselves, right? We want to make sure everybody knows we're cool. We got stuff going on that, that we have the name brand or we have this. We have the best of this or that. And, it, you know, it, it's, it's that tug of the body to represent. Do in the synagogues and in the streets that they may have glory of men. Verily I say to you, they got their reward. They got their reward. Verse number three. But when thou doest alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth. Keep going. That thine alms may be in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee. What? Sometimes we get it backwards. We want our body to be glorified and forget the will and the spirit and the soul. But what the Lord is trying to do here, he says, I want this to get into your soul. Don't move. Don't, don't, when I speak to your spirit to give, don't jump over the soul and go straight to the body. Because your body will want to glorify itself. Your body will, will dictate. But no, he said, no, 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 don't do that. Do it in secret because I want to pass through the soul and your will. That way your body will be glorified by me. Or your life will be glorified. Verse number five. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues. Look at me. I'm praying. I'm doing my best. Can you see me standing on the corner of the street that they may be seen of men? Verily I say unto you, they shall have the reward. Verse number six. But thou, when thou prayest, enter in thy closet. And when thou hast shut thy door, pray unto thy father which is in secret. And thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee what? Openly. Verse number seven. But when you pray, use not vain repetitions, like what I mentioned a moment ago, as the heathen do, for they think that they should be heard of their much speaking. Don't confuse, for go back to verse number 7, don't confuse vain repetitions from be, for being wrong. Repetitions is not wrong. It's vain repetitions that are wrong. I, I was young in prayer, and I would sometimes repeat the same thing. I'm like, I better not repeat that. No, but if it comes from the soul, if that prayer passes through the soul and the mind and the will, that's a beautiful prayer. Vain repetition is your body is being shown everybody how wonderful you are without it being passed through the soul, the mind, and the spirit. 
But when you pray, use not vain repetitions that he then do, for they think that they are, shall be heard for their much speaking. Verse number 8. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your father knoweth which, what things ye have need of before ye ask them. Interesting. I love that. We don't have time to go there. All right. Verse number 9. After this manner, therefore, pray ye. Here we go. This is the Lord's Prayer. He says, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That spirit, who you are, that spirit, that power of who you are, thou art in heaven. Verse number 10. Thy kingdom come. Let your spirit come. Let the power of your kingdom, thy, here it is. What's that word? I want your will. When your spirit comes, I want your will to do something through my spirit, get it into my mind, and get it in my will. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Verse number 11. Give us this day our daily bread. Keep going. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Verse number 13. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. It's up here too. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. Everybody say forever. Amen. Verse number 14. For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you your trespasses. This is incredible. Because if you forgive men, if you allow your will to be submitted to forgiveness, I will submit and forgive you. But our will does not want to forgive. Our, our will does not want to forgive. How many times we'll say we forgive, but we're far from forgiving? Because we're just doing the action. But that forgiveness has not been washed through the mind and the soul and the will of our life. I find it very interesting. Just thy will be done. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will, there's that word will. This time it's a promise. It's a statement, a fact. It's a course of action. It is a dictated mindset, a, a course that is going to be taking place. He says, and neither will your father forgive your trespasses. Now, I didn't count how many times the word will is in this, but there were several times that a course of action is set. The Lord's course of action is set. But the prayer has got to be going back to the beginning of the prayer. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. The word will is over two times the amount of times in the Bible, or the word will, over two, almost two and a half times the amount of all the others combined. And I think that's a very, very powerful statement, and it's a very powerful study. If, if you look at that, it's because it's our will that is at, 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 as always at the fight. Many people go on diets. How many like to go on a diet? How many like to come off the diet? That's what I like to do. I like to come off the diet. 
but the ones that stick with the diet have a little bit more will to them. They've made up in their mind that they're going to stick to it. I have, I have learned many, many lessons through taking, doing diets and different things and all this stuff, and, and it's, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting. And, um, but I was on Monday, my wife and I celebrated our anniversary, and we were out of town on, on Monday, and, and um, I was at the back of the pack when it comes to hiking. Um, I am not a avid, I love going out and hiking, and my wife, I don't know how she does it, she can talk and walk with the best of them. I'm sucking wind. Don't talk to me. I'm sucking wind. We walked almost nine miles Monday up and down the hills in Brown County and, and the beautiful scenery, and I stopped more than they did just to look at the scenery. There were times that it felt like the hill, this one elevation that on the map, it says there's 1,600 feet of elevation. And I was hoping that all that trip downhill that I wouldn't have to go uphill. But nevertheless, we eventually had to go uphill, 1,600 feet, winding feet, praise God. Going downhill, I was talking with the best of them. Hey, Joe, me and Joe were talking, and we had all the world's problems solved by the time we got down to the bottom. We were talking, and my wife and, and uh, uh, Sherry were, were talking, and, and they were just having a ball, and then we got down to the lake, and there's this beautiful lake there. And some of you have been down to Brown County, you probably know what I'm talking about, Ogle Lake. And we walked around Ogle Lake and all that stuff. And we stopped several times just to feed the fish and all this stuff. And, and um, so we start going our trail back up the hill. And I was with the pack when it was going down the hill, but I found that I quit talking going up the hill. And I, I found that I had my head down and I, I began to watch my footing on the trail because my legs began to get really tired. My chest began to burn. My abs, which I, you don't think I have abs, but they're in there somewhere. They began to hurt. My hamstrings started to burn. My feet began to hurt. My, my neck began to hurt because I was looking down the whole time. Forget the scenery. I wanted to make sure I could step and not trip. And I began to walk, and I began to feel like I was going to a good pace. And I would look up, and they're 50 feet ahead of me. And I'm like, don't leave me. Going. And I began to talk to myself. You can do it. Pick up the pace a little bit, pal. You know, if you hadn't ate those gummy worms before you took off, you'd probably been a little bit better off. No, if you wouldn't have had this, and uh, we stopped for breakfast before we went out, and I, 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 I didn't eat enough breakfast. I just know that was the reason. I didn't eat enough eggs and bacon. That's really what it was, Ernie. I had, the bir- I had a bird's nest breakfast. That's what it's called, and I don't look like a guy that needs a bird's nest breakfast. I need a little bit more than a bird's nest breakfast. That's what they told me when we sit across the table from our friends. Joe looked at me and says, Tim, you don't look like a person that just eats a bird's nest breakfast. He said, you might need a little more substance than that. But it came down to when we were walking, and I was at the end of the pack, and I was at the bottom, and well, I was at the bottom, but I was 50 feet behind them. And then my wife so kindly and says, oh, we're leaving Tim behind. Thank you. 
and then I will catch up. But did they stop long enough for me to catch my breath? No, they just stopped long enough for me to catch up, and then they kept on walking. Do I get a break? No. I don't get a break. I have to keep on walking. And I was determined in myself that at this time I will not allow them to go further than me, but I kept my head down and thought I was at a good pace, and yet I looked up again, and Ernie, there are 50 to 75 feet ahead of me again. They stopped, and they say, well, we're losing Tim again. We better wait a minute. And I, I began to walk some more, and this time they allowed me to, to catch up, and so I felt a, a, a granola bar spirit come on me. So I had to get a granola bar. That will help my will to get a granola bar half-coated in chocolate that would help get me through and there were, we were about at the top of the hill and we were about there but we found out that trail nine does not end exactly where it started we found our way to the road and they said Joe how much longer and he said we got about two and a half miles left I said my will is being challenged the road was more flat thankful for that but in that moment there were times that I had to talk to my will and says you can get up this hill you can do this. When it comes to the presence of God, the Lord says, I'm speaking to your mind. I wanted to get in your will. And you say, Lord, I can do all things through Christ. That strengtheneth me. I can't do it in my body, but I can do it in my will through the help of the Lord Jesus Christ. I know that's a funny example. I've told the story of my neighbor in Kentucky. He was, he was uh, racing or he was running a, a marathon and he had hurt his knee. His name was Steve Wozniak, and he was running this race of a, of a marathon, and he, he hurt his knee a few weeks before the race, and he didn't know if he could make it through, but he had paid for it, and he was going to go and run this race anyway. And his wife had pr created a playlist for him uh, to, to, to uh, challenge him with his favorite songs to, to the whole time of the four and a half, five hours, or however long it took him to do this race. And, and, uh, uh, and, and, and she knew about the time that, that he really struggled the most, about mile 18, 19, 20, something like that. And, and uh, uh, there, was a, there was a time, so he was running this race, and his knee was throbbing. He was about to throw in the towel because his will was being challenged. But his, but his wife put a little a note in his recording that had his little daughter say, Daddy, you can do it. Dad, I'm cheering for you. She recorded about 30 seconds of a minute of his daughter encouraging her dad. And he told me, he said, man, that was something that got a hold of me. It got into my will. And he said, I knew I could finish the race. Now, you know what? That's what God does to us. He wants to speak to us, get into our mind. But then he wants to encourage our will to do what his directive has called us to do. Our will. Let God get in your will. Let the Spirit of God speak to your spirit. And let the Spirit direct your mind but let the mind direct your will and let your will dictate the course of your life somewhere where we are in our walk with God Munchen mentioned a moment ago we stop the Lord when it begins to change the course of our life we allow God to speak to our emotions Speak to certain areas, but when it comes to change in my life, Lord, I don't want to give up that. I, I don't want to do this. I don't, I don't want to have the people to look at me differently. 
Who cares what people think, y'all? First started this church, under the Lord's direction, I had some will moments with God. Some moments that God had to change my will. I had to pray, not my will, Lord, but thy will be done. It's because my my eyes, my, my, my sense of everything else around me was saying one thing, but the Lord says, don't pay attention to those body-sensing things of this world. Don't pay attention to the world consciousness. Let my spirit speak to you, and let my spirit speak to your will so that it would dictate the course of your life. I went through emotions of, of, of allowing different churches to dictate what would happen in this church? Well, if they did this, then we should probably do that. Maybe if, if this is how they have service, maybe we should have, do it that way. They're having revival with this and that and this, this, that, and they're growing. Why aren't we doing this and why aren't we doing that? But the Lord said, no, 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 no. You don't look at other people that surround you. You get into the word of God and let my will speak to your will. I was praying earlier and I'm coming to a close and the Maybe how the Lord speaks to us when you we pray. I pray the Bible a lot. How many do that? You pray the Bible. Uh, we did that tonight, and I love I love doing that. That's how I typically pray. And I and I, I somehow some some way in me the, I just go back to the scripture and there's several scriptures I go to when I pray. And I said, He is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And for the first time during prayer, I realized those are two different things, completely two different things. A lamp and a light are two different things. He is a lamp, and a lamp points the direction of the light. A lamp is direction. Light illuminates. I'm thankful today that I allow the will of the lamp and the light. The will. Surrender the direction that I have and surrender the light that wants to work through us. So when we pray... Over the next few days, leading into Sunday, Pentecost Sunday, I would want to you to allow the presence of God to get into your will to dictate the direction of your life. When God speaks to your mind and his spirit speaks to your spirit and your spirit begins to get into your mind, let that mind that's in you be speaking to your will. And let that will rise up and say, I can and will do the work of God. Talking to somebody on the phone and they were looking for some direction in their life. And, and uh, I said, uh, talking to the Lord and considering, I said, what, what, what's the best thing for somebody to do when they don't know what else to do in the kingdom of God? And the best thing that I know to do is win a soul. Amen. Just win a soul. Reach somebody. That's what we're all called to do. If you don't know, if you come to me and say, Pastor, I don't know what to do. Well, until that time, win a soul and, and don't ever stop doing that. Just Then we'll just add to it. Um, and this person reached out to somebody and, and they were so excited how well it went and, and hopefully starting a Bible study off of that. And, and I'm just telling you, what happens when we allow God's will, our will is that none should perish, right? God's will is none that should perish. That all should have an everlasting life. And we are the conduit. If we can allow our will to be surrendered to that will that God says, that I don't want anybody to perish. 
would all come to repentance. What is our will when it comes to discipleship and winning the soul? Does our will say, I don't want anybody to perish? I don't want anybody to walk away from God. I don't want anybody to be lost. Let us have that same will that God has. Not my will, but thy will be done. Let's stand together right now. I hope this has made sense tonight. When we pray, say, God, the biggest mistake we can make is start listing a laundry list of things that we need. And God says, I know that. I know that. I know that. I know. I know. It's like a child coming to a parent. But mom, this, that, I know. I know. I, I know that. I know you want that. You said that a hundred times. I know. I hear you. How much more does God respond to say, Lord, teach me the words to pray? Get, get, tell me what to pray. I, I, my mind and my body, I'll, I'll pray selfish prayers, but I, Lord, help me to, to have this, your mind and let me have your will in the when I pray. I, I don't pray like I ought to, so let your spirit speak to my spirit that I may pray correctly, that I may not pray amiss. want to pray and Make sure everybody hear you. You'll have your reward. But I'd rather have the will of God speak to my will and let my words be directed of God. I won't really care what the reward is because the reward is being with the Lord Jesus Christ. Just being with him. Just being with him. So we're going to pray. And I want us to pray that simple prayer of God. Would it, in, if... <laughs> It sounds so simple, but it's so true. We all have stumbling blocks in prayer. That we say, whoa, Lord, that's, you're going on uncharted territory there. We stop praying a lot of times because we don't truly surrender our will to him. I want us to get to the place where we pray and we truly surrender our will to God. Because that is the place that changes our actions place that changes where we go, what we do, what we say. It affects our body and our movements. Remember this Saturday, 10 to 12, if you're going to be here, please see Sister Godby. We need to get a kind of account of how many is going to come and for food and things of that nature. And then again, tomorrow, Friday, and Saturday, we'll have prayer here at the church between 6 and 8. Come and be a part of a great time. God bless you in the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. If you would like to know more information about our church, please check us out on Facebook at Lifeway Apostolic Church. May God richly bless you.